Welcome to Muscle Talk, where you'll get world champion advice about nutrition and stacking on muscle. Our host, Christine Enville, she's a three-time world champion bodybuilder, an IFBB professional, a food scientist, and a founding co-owner of our podcast sponsor, International Protein. In this podcast, you'll learn a fascinating amount of detail about cutting up before a show. You'll learn how much cardio is too much. We talk about the optimal fat burning zone and the dangers of overtraining. All right, Christine, so types of cardio to cut up before a show. Okay, so this is actually a really, really pet topic of mine, and it's something that I probably learned more about post-competing than when I competed. So cardio to me for competition was literally walking. I didn't walk on treadmills. Yeah, you're a speedy walker, that's right. I'm, I am yeah. a speedy walker. Yeah. <laughs> People struggle to keep up. So I guess it was power walking without the silly stance. If anyone knows what power walking was, that was something that was popular way back in the... To swing probably, the arms. They, they used to swing the arms and be in like a half... You got the sweat bands. Sweatbands, ankle weights, <laughs> arm weights that you still keep talking about, Ash. I'm thinking uh, about um, 80s sort of fitness videos here it, for some reason. It, yeah. it was, yeah, power walking. People would be almost like in a squat stance and you'd see them like marching through the park. <laughs> um, but no, that's not quite what I do. But I did. I never, um, like the idea of cardio and why you're trying to use cardio is that you're essentially trying to burn a few extra calories so that you, you know, your body fat's coming down. Because it's one thing to, your weight training, obviously you're burning calories you're reducing your diet to a point where, you know, you're in negative calorie, but it's, you know, you're, you can either just keep on reducing your food, reducing your food and weight training, but the cardio obviously burns more calories. So it means you don't have to reduce your food as far. That's the whole theory behind cardio. So there are those people who um, have quick metabolisms and do very, very little cardio for a show and still manage to get up cut just by manipulating their diet and then there's the other people who have to do a whole pile of cardio to kind of get any kind of action get the body fat to come down and then now obviously there's all the different divisions so you know how lean you need to get is different so everyone's kind of doing a different um you know amount of cardio but it's it's something where you know you'll, you'll hear it talked about and it's the one thing where i think a lot of the time it's approached incorrectly and people are probably doing way more than what they need to and running themselves down and, and, you know, spending a lot of time because, like, let's face it, when you're getting ready for a competition, you know, most of us still have full-time jobs, so you've got training to fit in and the more cardio that you need to fit in, the harder it gets to do everything else in your life, get enough sleep, still have family time, whatever, you know, um, you know, just basically live. So the idea of cardio is that you do enough to get the result that you need to get and that's probably where I would see it sitting but um, what unfortunately happens is that people kind of think because um, because you know the, the coach said you need to do an hour of cardio a day they go off and do an hour of cardio a day without really looking at the whole picture and is that necessary and what can also happen is sometimes people put themselves into a like a repressed me- metabolism state where they've done they're kind of doing so much that their body gets very adapted to that and conserves the calories and therefore like that hour of cardio that you're doing you're really not getting the effectiveness that you think that you should be getting so you're having to then go and work harder so it becomes a very vicious cycle where you're kind of suppressing your metabolism by doing too much so the body's so used to it it starts preserving it yeah because yeah. because the body is so great at finding an equilibrium it's mm. like anything like if you um you know don't drink for a couple of days, trying to dry, that hits a point where your body says, nah, 
I'm going to start to hold on to every single thing that you put into me, whether it be from the food that you eat or the water that you drink. So it tries to maintain that status quo, that equilibrium. So the same thing with with activity. Um, You know, the whole idea is that the body says, I don't want to stress myself out, so therefore I will you know, slow my metabolism down or I will do this thing to conserve what you're doing because you're doing far too much. Like that's just that's just how the body works because there's not a – you can't just keep on, you know, going forever. It, it, it finds its way and it, and it will find its way. So when you're getting ready for a show, you really need to – like with anything, um, you start with the littlest amount that you need to do and that's the same thing with your diet. When you're, when you're starting out on a comp prep – you don't start with half the calories that you were eating before you were dieting because where do you go when you get close to the comp? So with your cardio, you start out with, you know, the minimum amount that you would need to do, which might be like your half an hour to to get things moving. And you only adjust that when you kind of hit one of those sticking points. So coming back in time, um, a lot of the stuff that I've learned around cardio and um, the effect on the body and the the more effective types of cardio and, you know, the calorie burning effect I wish I had a chance to have put some of these into practice when I was competing because I'd be really interested to see, you know, the results. Because as I said, I was always just an outdoor walker. You know, the most I ever did cardio-wise was probably two 40-minute sessions and a 30-minute sessions, and that was like an extreme amount of cardio for me. Like normally it would be most I would do would be two 40-minute walks, but I would start out on like, you know, a 30-minute and then one of them would go to 40, the second one would go to 40, and hey, we'd be at the show. So I didn't have to do a lot of adaption around that. Some people like to eat more and do more cardio, and some people are happier to diet harder and do less cardio. So think about think about it like this, like, you know, you're putting your body – under stress when you're getting ready for competition because you still got to, um, you know, maintain your weights, maintain the strength in the gym, um, but you've got to do that on a, on a reduced amount of calories. And then when you're doing your cardio, then you're obviously like, you know, you're putting more demands on your body for that to, for using those calories. So the theory used to be like when I started was that, um, you know, you're stuck in your fat burning zone. So what that basically is, is, um, you know, at rest you're burning fat, but you're not burning many calories. As you increase the intensity of your exercise, you do start to burn more calories and majority of that is fat. But then as you get more and more intense, it crosses over and you start to burn carbohydrate and fat until you're in an anaerobic zone, which is where you're not using oxygen. You're only only able to burn glycogen and carbohydrate. You aren't able to burn any fat. So the fat burning zone is kind of in that lower intensity of exercise. Mm-hmm. And they used to call that um, the t- when you could have the talk test, if you could still talk and do your cardio then you were like pretty much in that zone or you would you know take your pulse and make sure you were within that kind of like 60 to 70 percent of your maximum heart rate and that was considered you know the fat burning zone so you would need to do obviously a lot because it's not high intensity but the the thing with that is you risk you're not risking breaking down muscle Mm. because you're not going into that kind of you know high zone so that's one way of doing it so you're kind of doing lower intensity longer duration the fuel source is directly burning the fat off of your body, which is, I guess, you know, you're, as I said, minimizing that you're going to be burning any muscle out, retaining as much muscle as possible, but still getting the effect. So as you increase the intensity and you kind of go into like, you know, jogging or running as opposed to walking, um, and I won't talk about HIIT just yet, but what happens there is obviously you are using more carbohydrate. So the idea there is that when you, consume the foods in your diet and you're consuming the carbohydrate, the carbohydrate preferentially has to go to re- to load back into the muscle. Like it actually will go there first 
than, than it, what than what it will be used for energy. So if you've got a certain amount of carbohydrate, the body doesn't use that for energy and leave the stores un, unfilled, it'll fill the stores first and then allow what's left over to be used for energy. So when you're dieting and you're on limited carbohydrates, and if you're burning more carbohydrate through your weight training and then through a higher intensity cardio, the, the effect is essentially you're putting yourself in negative calories. So the carbs get used for storage, but they're not available for an energy source so your body has to burn fat. So it's kind of like a, a, a roundabout way of getting to that fat burning. Right. Because it has to kick yep. over to that energy system. So that's essentially how the higher intensity type of work. So to burn the same number of calories, obviously you are doing less. But for a lot of people, um, if your fitness isn't there and you're not used to doing it and you go from like off season to suddenly doing a higher intensity cardio, there also runs the risk that you're going to start to burn off the muscle. And that's, you know, the last thing that you want to do. So that was always, um, you know, the theory that I worked on and how I did a lot of my comps. And I used to get incredibly lean just doing that. Fast forward into, um, you know, post-competition and, um, you know, getting into HIIT training and, and discovering that type of work and um, seeing how the impact of using your body in a whole lot of different functional ways complements the weight training. And, you know, one thing I used to always say when I was getting ready for a show was like, oh, I wish I could walk on my hands because I would always see the impact of the high repetitions on my legs, the vascularity, the way that that would change the texture of the muscle. And I wouldn't get that same effect through the upper body because it wasn't getting that super high rep range. Because obviously when you're working, sorry, when you're walking, you're doing, you know, hundreds and hundreds of reps, which is, you know, basically using muscular endurance. And a, and a reason why I never walked on the treadmill and I always walked outside is because, when you're walking outside, you're forcing your body to actually use the muscle to propel yourself forward. When you're walking on a treadmill, you're not doing that. You're essentially lifting your leg up and the treadmill is moving under you, which is causing that sensation of you moving forward. Totally different muscle use. It's totally different. Well, it's 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 um you're lifting your leg, you're not you're not using your your momentum or your muscle to kind of go forward. Now you can put it on an incline and to a degree change that, but you're, you, it's still different to walking up a hill mm-hmm. because you're, the, 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 bottom, the ground is moving underneath you rather than you having to drive yourself forward. So it's not as much work. So whoever, you know, the, the, looking at the numbers on the treadmill and saying, oh, I burnt um, whatever calories to me is like, don't, don't do it. <laughs> don't, don't ever count that um, because it's, it's not reliable. So the, so the whole way that your muscle gets used is totally different. And the, the idea is that you're trying to, um, you know, create a, create a texture and create a look through the muscle. So that's the one thing that I've found with like creating, using more of the plyometric exercises and using more things, you know, battle ropes and, um, you know, high speed push-ups and just a lot of the different stuff that you do in, a, in like a kind of a cross training or um, functional type environment, but still in a in a cardio type of way, totally changes the look of the body and it gives it a much more um, a much more complete and rounded look. So you know, because obviously when you're weight training, you try to hit the muscle from every angle, but it's still very much. It's, it's not a lot of like 360 degree movement or like full full joint movement on most of the exercises. Like you are still moving in a fairly linear plane. So when you bring that type of exercise in and at a high rep, it, it does allow the muscle to work all of those stabilizer muscles in all angles and all ranges of motion. And it does give a just a totally different look. So coming back to how that would fit into your, um, you know, into your cardio for cutting up for a competition, I believe that that would be a, a really good opportunity to 
burn a, a, a much, much higher rate of calories and, and use, I guess, that backfill method where your carbohydrate is going to replenish what was used up and you know, leaving your body in a deficit of carbohydrate when you're at rest so that it still has to draw on the body fat stores to, um, to burn the fat. And the amount of that that you need to do compared to the amount of walking is much, much reduced. So potentially, um, you know, the time in your day is then freer to do other things or you have more room to move. If you do need to do more, you can add an extra five minutes of, um, of that type of cardio work because, you know, it, as little as 10, 15 minutes can be a, a mega, you know, calorie burner or, you know, or longer session less frequently because, it, like I say, you don't want to go the opposite where you're actually wearing yourself out and bringing yourself down and bringing yourself into an overtraining situation where your weight training is impacted. So key things for the cardio is you really want to make something which doesn't impact your strength in the gym. Um, so I would always, you know, prioritize the weight training and prioritize having the energy for weight training. Um, so where in that situation you have a like a cardio session is a really great way to pull the carbohydrate back into the muscle. So I talked about how the body wants to refill what was used. Um, so the best way is to have your, you know, your biggest carbohydrate meal after your cardio session more so than after your weight session because you're not actually going to bring as much into the muscle after the weight training session, believe it or not, than right. what you would after okay. a you know a high-intensity cardio session or after the cardio session, particularly if you're doing it fasted cardio in the morning. So you've had all night without carbs um, and, you've, and you've probably done your weight training session, then you do a cardio session, it actually is going to speed up that process so that then your carbs are in your system for the weight training session, which then comes later in the day like that's my ideal situation is doing cut the first cardio in the morning and then a weight training session and then a, a lighter cardio session if needed now i think um you know as i said i would love to have explored doing a lot more hit type work when i was getting ready for comp so um i know brandon our sponsored athlete he works with a lot of clients and has incorporated a lot of that that type of cardio into their sessions um and he's finding that they are having to do less cardio overall introducing a lot of more um, plyometric cardio so it's you know low low weight but still using weight and um, you know doing it in a, a method which is getting the heart rate up as as their fasted cardio and the overall look that they're getting to their physiques is just like it's next level like it's really really changing up the overall completeness of the physique so yeah it's something to really really experiment with now my my pet hate <laughs> is the stairs um, as far as a, a thing to do. You've mentioned that before. I have mentioned it before. So people always say, oh, you need, to, you need to do the stairs to get your glutes in. Now, I never did the stairs ever, ever, ever when I competed and I was always known for having striated glutes. It was reverse lunges and diet that got my glutes in because cardio isn't designed to build muscle, period. So you can strip the body fat, but the glutes and the, the striations in the glutes have to come from the weight training. You know, like cause some people can get lean as anything and don't have striations in their glutes. Like it's genetic or it's, you know, the how the muscles develop. So you use your weight training to build your frame, to build your muscle. Um, and then obviously you strip the fat off. So, the you know, it's the low body fat level and the weight training, which gives you the striated glutes. It's not the stairs that gives you the striated glutes. So, again, after I finished competing, I decided I would try the stairs. And um, I would find that after probably about eight minutes, it would um, you, you'd literally feel it was that much. Um, the intensity was too high on the quads that I would I felt like it was going to burn too much quad off, and that's why I always did like the walking without resistance because you got that action of the muscle without feeling like you were depleting and deteriorating the quad. 
Um, and again, that's where in, you know, the HIIT workouts, it's like such short bursts that if you're doing some squat jumps or you're doing some, some type of plyo lunge, it's not, it's, it's still in short bursts. It's not like 60 minutes of it, you know, mm-hmm. 60 minutes mm-hmm. of just doing that, which is essentially what the stairs is. People who are doing like 60 minutes on the stairs and saying, Oh, I've burnt so many calories. It's like, Oh, it's probably not the best way to do it. And I know that hundreds of people have probably got ready for comps like that, but I think they'd be much happier if they were, um, doing a mixed type of cardio, which is, which is, I guess, my next thing, um, variety. So obviously the hit style classes where you're doing, you know, maybe nine or 12 or 17 different exercises in a, in a session. If you are doing electronic equipment and you like that type of thing and you do like the stairs or whatever, it's still better to try to mix that up and do some treadmill, some cross trainer, some bike, some, or, you know, spin bike, particularly more so than the other kind of bike, some stairs, if you've got access to it, rowers, skiers, um, you know, upper body work. So that way you are kind of working upper and lower and you're not putting it all onto one particular body part and you're mm-hmm. able to get that benefit of um, the high reps and the change in the muscle texture that comes with all of that. And, you, you know, you're not over fatiguing one particular thing. And it keeps it variety because, again, a lot of the battle is, um, you know, when you're tired and you know you have to kind of front up and go and do, you, just, you know, you've got that that boredom factor of, you know, grinding away on the stairs or the treadmill and, and it's just like there's not really anything to look forward to now. Some people might love that and that's fine because everyone does have to find their own thing that they like. Some people might like doing, you know, group aerobics classes or spin bike classes or different things that's enjoyable for them. Um, But it's that thing where I think um, don't get locked into, oh, because I heard that everybody has to do that, that that's what I'll go and do. Like, um, you know, try out different kind of cardio things and I guess see what works for you, what works in with your schedule because your, sorry, your your schedule in terms of your training schedule but your, um, what you're trying to achieve because if you're trying to get super cut, you know, that's one thing. But if, you know, you don't have to get as cut, you're just trying to shape, then, you know, do a, a different kind of thing. Um, I think this isn't even talking about, you know, the health impacts and that. So people who don't need to do cardio and get ready for a comp, uh, I actually kind of urge them to still do some cardio because the, you know, the the changes that happen in your body in terms of, you know, your, the size of your heart ventricle, like the amount of blood that you can pump around your body, your capillarization, oxygen volume, you know, your, your lung capacity and those type of things all do impact and improve your weight training ability. So the more cardiovascular fit that you are, the better your weight training session will be because if your recovery is quicker between sets because um, you need that oxygen to recover the ATP and, you know, to get that um, happening a lot better means you're going to have a better weight training session. So anything that makes your weight training session better to me is is phenomenal. So even if you don't need the cardio to burn that fat off, Think of the fitness aspect and how it's going to improve your ability to grow more muscle and to be, and to be you know bigger. So it, it has it has um, more than just that you know that one impact of being a fat burning tool. It's a, it's an overall fitness tool which improves your overall um, you know ability to do other exercises and, and recover and, and weight train. So yeah, so that so that's the cardio. But I, I think it's that thing where people, as I said, minutes start off with the minimal amount that you need to. As you go along and you hit those plateaus, I would always either drop my calories some more one time and then the next time I hit a plateau, I would increase my cardio. Never do both at the same time because that's, again, it's too much. You, do, you need to always do as little change as possible to get the result that you need to get because it gives you somewhere to go as you progress because it's a long road from start to finish of comp prep and you can't sprint out of the blocks and then find that you've 
crashed four weeks in and you still have eight or, or 12 weeks to go to get ready for that comp. And then also, you know, when you're getting close and you think you're almost ready, then you realise there's still some fine-tuning and a lot of things to do. So you need to be able to have, again, room to move, you know, look at pace yourself but keep it moving. Like don't leave it too long. If you do need to adjust something, like don't kind of think, oh, I'll give it another week and I'll just see. If you think you're stagnating, then you need to act on it straight away and change it. But, um, you know, look at look at different options and keep that variety in so that you're not over-fatiguing certain things and it does just make it so much easier and keeps you mentally fresher and stops injuries because there's a lot of RSI type of injuries that can sneak in when you're doing an hour of something of the same movement. Sure. Yeah, yeah, so so um, so there's all of those things to consider. Um, and, on, and on the flip side too, and obviously, you know, be, be, be mindful that you are... Um, you know, when you are in a negative calorie state, that you are kind of more prone to getting those little niggles and injuries as well because of what you're putting your body through. But, um, you know, key thing is, you know, look at what's around, find whether you're more of a, you know, high-intensity kind of person to really burn those calories and then refill the glycogen. If you're following a low-carb diet, I probably wouldn't recommend that because you're going to run yourself down very, very quickly. If you're doing, if you are, you know, obviously eating some moderate amount of carbohydrate as you should be, then you'll find that a really effective way of um, burning off those calories. And even you feel like your metabolism does increase a lot more out of doing that type of intensity. And obviously, yeah, because the muscle is being used more, but in a more of an endurance style of of work. So, um, but yeah, cardio, um, learn to love it. It's not the enemy of bodybuilding. It doesn't. It won't burn your legs off if you do the right kind of cardio, and um, in, in in some cases, it can actually make you look more pumped. And you know, particularly for women, um, you know, trying to do some kind of you know upper upper body type um, functional cardio, whether it be you know the battle ropes or trying to do push ups or um, you know the, the sledgehammers and things like that. It just it, it really enhances the strength in the gym for their weight training, and at the same time improves the overall. Um, you know, the look of the muscle makes it a much more complete physique. Well, that is a lot of information, Christine. <laughs> Many of our listeners will find it very valuable. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, I always no, ask that question. You, you, I? I you do always you ask that question. I'm like, I think, I, I think I've covered off everything. Again, I'm sure if I, um, if I do think of something that I haven't covered, I should just jump in the Aussie Muscle Guru Facebook group and throw it and out, drop, yeah. my, drop some, some gems in there if I think of it. And while we're talking about that, um, anybody that does have any questions, feel free to jump in that group, join and ask the questions. We'll actually answer them on these podcasts for you. All good. Oh, all Thank good. you very much, Christine. Happy cardioing. Words of wisdom. If you like what you've heard, recognize that these tips, they're free. So show your support by becoming a loyal international protein customer by jumping online, hunt our product down and hit that buy now button. So once again, like, share and subscribe to our podcast so we can continue to bring you these episodes from our one and only Aussie muscle guru, three times world champion, Christine Enville.